0: Hi, and welcome to episode 183 of the Untethered podcast. Today, we have Kelly Qualis joining us. Kelly's a founder and owner of My, My Health, which offers myofunctional therapy, speech therapy, and breath work in two locations, Phoenix and Mesa, Arizona, and globally via telehealth. Her practice includes registered dental hygienists and speech language pathologists working alongside each other for the greater good of getting to the root cause and empowering and advocating for their clients. She's a licensed dental hygienist with over 20 years of specific pediatric and special needs experience and has had extensive training in the world of orofacial myofunctional therapy and the practice of buteco breathing, in which she's a certified buteco breathing practitioner. She received her specialized training initially through the International Association of Orofacial Myology and has achieved the, her qualification in orofacial myology through Neo Health Services. She prides herself on keeping up to date in current research and therapy modalities to benefit her clients. Her favorite thing about being an orofacial myologist is the connection and relationships she develops with each client. Quick disclaimer, all information, content, and material of this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and is for the informational purpose only and not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified healthcare provider. Welcome Kelly to the podcast.
1: Hello, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I know we were just like talking before the recording, but we've been like Instagram friends forever. So I was like, (laughs) I feel like I know you so well and I'm so excited that you're here.
1: Same, same. And I know I kind of, I think we kind of started our Mayo journey. Cause I remember seeing you posting when you were pregnant in Myo masters and like, Oh my gosh, this lady's like pregnant and going through the COM exam. Is she crazy or what?
0: <laughs> uh, yep. Hi, that's me. Yeah. Crazy. That, that totally, totally defines it. <laughs> and but since yes. that point, like we've both been on our own, like airway, you know, expansion, myo Tots type of journeys. So um, I'm excited to, I've been following yours online and I know that we talked about having you come on here and share a bit about your journey. So I would love for you to share with us. I know you're using a Vivo Suppliance. Um, I used one as well. Um, just kind of share with us, like what, what got you started on your journey?
1: Yes. So I think we're all in this space because we have a personal connection to, airway health and sleep and breathing. So um, I was in pediatric dentistry for over 20 years. And so you see these kids come in and out of your chair and you start to notice things. And I would say over the past 10 years, I started to notice more of these concerns and checks on health history with sleep and breathing and tonsils. And it was getting harder to manage them in the chair. And then looking back into my history, I had my kids really young. And so at 20, I was a new mom. I was in the army. I was trying to breastfeed, and there was absolutely no support at all. And my son had a tongue tie. Fast forward, you know, 15 years later, when I'm sitting in my first IOM course with Sandra Holtzman, and I'm like, this this was me. This was my son. This was my daughter. Like, and so my why is I don't want any mom to feel like how I felt with no resources, no support. And then also, I don't want anybody to experience motherhood like I did and have those sleepless nights and think that it was just okay and go on for years and years thinking it's because I'm a mom and I had kids and, you know, it's not my job to get a well-rested night of sleep. And that's not the truth. And so that's why I'm here.
0: I love that. And I think you're absolutely right. So many of us start on this journey because we we take our first course and we go hold on <laughs> okay wait a second like I came back and I remember flipping Lily over like in like our nursing chair I mean she wasn't nursing anymore but I just you know got home from some from Sandra's course I sat down in that chair I had her on my lap I kind of flipped her head you know upside down and I looked and I was like her tongue like went up and I was like oh yep okay, let me look at her lip. Like, there it is. And I was like, so she's 24 months old now. And now I know why the feeding experience was so painful and so challenging. And this child never could get over the first percentile for weight in her first year. And, you know, I took her to IBCLC and was turned away. And it just, it started exactly like, as you said, I don't want another mother to go through what I went through. And if I can educate and prevent that from happening, even on a small scale, right? That's Mm -hmm. however many other moms don't have to experience what I did, or right. If they're going through that, they have the resources or the know-it-all to know who to seek out? What questions to ask? What symptoms may be connected to what? Right, and so yeah, I mean, I've seen so many of us mamas like on this journey because of personal experiences, and then we all kind of look at ourselves and go like, okay, I guess it's time to focus on us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I also like it's it all of my nieces and nephews need help, and so I feel like you know I'm on this planet for one purpose. But I had my oldest nephew sleeping over, and you know I I was working in the office, and I started hearing that that sound. And I thought he was kidding. And I looked over at him and his lips were turning blue and his mouth was wide open. And, you know, it that really started getting me, that was the pivotal moment in which I started asking questions. So I went back to the dentist I was working for at the time. And I'm like, you know, hey, I saw my nephew do this mouth open, snoring, his lips were turning blue. Um, And so we kind of put our heads together and started looking at what did that look like as a pediatric dentist and pediatric dental hygienist. So then I came across the oral facial myofunctional therapy course, and I was coming to Phoenix. And so, you know, that's kind of, you know, all of those breadcrumbs led me to where I'm at now. And sitting in that course, I'm sure, you know, your experience too, is just lightning bolts fireworks and oh my lanta i'm seeing this in every kid in my chair and um you know i need to put my armor on and start knocking down doors and get throwing kids over my shoulder So, yeah, No, I yeah. came
0: back and I was like, hi, can I assess your child for free this week? <laughs> I was like, you're already on my caseload. I won't charge you extra. I'm seeing you for a session, but can I just, do you mind if I did this Mayo assessment? Because And then it, it really changed the trajectory of how I looked at the children in front of me and how I approached them in therapy as well. And not, you know, not all of them, they weren't all there for the same reason, but for the kiddos who had speech sound disorders, who were on my feeding caseload, kids who were drooling, open mouth posture, you know, all the things we learned about in that intro course. And we're kind of going, huh, okay, there's more going on here. And then I started to look at the kids who had like certain behaviors, like the off the wall kiddos who can never really calm down and who are super sensory seeking. And I started going, I wonder about their airway and their sleep. Hmm. I mean, it was just like this, like the rabbit hole had been opened and I was deep down that rabbit hole. Like it was.
1: Yes. I think we all were after that course. And so, you know, I'm so grateful because I've been able to, you know, we're going to talk about our Vivos journey, but I've been able to help myself become a better mother, a better partner, a better sister. And so like, that's transformative. And, you know, I had one patient and, and when I was still practicing clinical that said, you know, I went and I went to the ENT and I got her tonsils and adenoids out and she is a different kid. And I just want to say, thank you. And, you know, to me that really hit home. I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to pivot myself. So like you, I was going to people's homes for free. I was doing free Mayo for quite a while just to get some hands-on experience and, you know these families were willing and, and they were at the point where they were inviting me into their homes and wanting help. And so the need is there and it's just such a rewarding career. It's just such a, I, I love what I do. So, yeah. I mean,
0: you're changing the trajectory of someone's health. And I think I, I, you know, I look at it as giving them a lease on life. Like we are literally taking these children who are headed to, toward maybe ADHD medications, depression, um, increased anxiety, struggles in school. I mean, the list goes on, you know, feeding challenges, nutritional deficiencies, like all kinds of issues that, you know, not that every child has every single one of these issues, but we see this across the gamut. Yeah. And if we, you know, I tell her, if we can intervene during childhood, whether that is like the little, little ones, or we're talking about, you know, anywhere up through like teens before young adulthood into, you know, before the college years, like I, I we work with all ages. We work with college adults, etc. cetera, et cetera. Um, There is no limit who we will work with. Like, you know, on my own, I know your practice, you know, sees the whole lifespan too. I know mm-hmm. you've even got, got some SLPs, I think that work with you as well, which is awesome. Um, so you know, all this to say, like, if we can change a trajectory, we can change the anatomy. If we can change the soft tissue, if we can change the way we're breathing and sleeping and chewing and all swallowing, all that fun stuff. It's, it's literally changing health trajectories. And I think arguably causing less stress to the system. And we know stress causes most of the ailments in life. So, you know, we could go talk about that all day long, but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really amazing. It's amazing work. And, you know, I've had those situations too, where like a child gets tonsils or adenoids out and oh my gosh, all of a sudden they're a different kid. Like I don't recognize my child for, but this is like for the better they've, they're totally different. And all these symptoms we were seeing before that we didn't really realize was a major, major issue. Like now we see it was a major, major issue. But we were the first ones to really bring it to their attention and help them advocate for what was needed for that child. And so, you know, I think we all have these types of stories that just absolutely makes the work that we do like 100% worth it.
1: So worth it. So worth it. Yeah. And I was the kid that had the tonsils and adenoids and the tubes and frequent ear infections. I have a strong memory of being out on the playground and not hearing the whistle and crying because I couldn't find my classmates and my teacher. And so, and then nightmares, you know, my whole life nightmares, Um, you know, being in the military, I had some PTSD. So I'm sure like all of that kind of connected to where my airway journey led me. And now you know, going through my own myself, retraining my body on how to breathe better. You know, I have to be that example that I'm showing to my clients, but also it's helpful because I feel like a different person. And so using the Vivo Suppliance has, has definitely transformed my sleep and just really like at this stage of my life, I'm 43, my hormones are changing and, you know, I want to be the best, the best person I can be. And so I feel grateful knowing all the things that I know and, and how to, you know, connect with the right practitioners. So yeah, I just, I feel that there's value in information too, and we're here to deliver that.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's amazing that you practice what you preach. Like, I think it's, it's hard because it is a journey. It is not a quick fix. It is definitely a journey and a big commitment. Um, I think that going through some of this myself really helped me connect on a much deeper level with my patients and with parents of my patients, just as the mom who's been in through it with her kids, as me, myself, as the patient, you know, you just have this different level of like appreciation. And I think um, these, you know, the parents, especially, and sometimes even the kids are like, oh, wow, you do that too. You have the same thing. I or you did this already, or, you know, it just, it, it normalizes it in a sense. And it makes it a little bit less scary because it is a journey. It is a commitment. And there's a lot of pieces to this Puzzle. Um, but I'm curious to know, like, how did you, how did you come to pick your specific appliance? And is it the DNA Vivos that you're using? Or can you tell us about what you picked and why?
1: It's the Vivos DNA. Um, and so I worked with a few clients that had the Vivos appliance. And I also worked with a client that worked with Dr. Ted Belfour, who had a Bioblock system. And so, you know, kind of just seeing that experience from being on the other side of the table with them or the computer. And, um, gosh, their, their sleep is getting better. You know, I'm like talking to myself, oh, wow, this is really cool. And so, you know, this, this career too, is you're constantly learning, you're constantly researching. And so I did a lot of that deep digging. And then it was serendipitous where I had a practitioner, a dentist reach out to me and cold call me and say, Hey, I came across your website. And I see that, you know, you guys have myofunctional therapy and you can teach people how to breathe from their nose. Well, I just bought into the Vivo system. And and I was like, oh, like I had just literally like looked at the map of practitioners and I was planning on on hitting the pavement. And like, that's how things work. I don't know if it works like that for you, but that's how it works, how, how it's worked for me so far. And um, so we connected and then, you know, talked about Our patients that we were seeing collaboratively. And I felt like this was the best appliance for me seeing the results, reading the research. And then I had also heard Dr. Dave Singh, who is no longer affiliated with Vivos and Dr. Liao, who's no longer affiliated, but I heard them speak when they came out here um, two or three times. And I was just blown away with how much um, they've poured into researching the science behind it. And so all of those things, um, I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And, you know, we, we went and did our records and things like that. And of course, I think too, it's probably similar when we started. Um, I started this in 2017, it was like tongue tie, tongue tie, tongue tie. And I really wanted to get my tongue tie released because I knew I had one but I didn't have enough oral volume. I didn't have enough time space. And so I, I, you know, was what are my options here? And then this Vivos also I knew could help me with that. Um, and so it's been really practical because I can take it out when I'm working with my clients and put it in, but that's also the downside too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
0: everyone's like why were you in it for two years and I was like well there's a number of reasons one of which I only wore it eight hours a day because I talk for a living I was like so and I needed my mouth for what Mm -hmm. I do I was like and two like I think just from cranial strain patterns and things like that like I sometimes had to go see my PT who was PRI trained to like unlock me before I could actually crank it and like put it back in because it just like halfway through the treatment, it got to that point where I was like, I need to see Manny before I can like crank this again. And yeah, so I moved, I moved slow, but I did what worked for me.
1: Yeah. And so you, you wore yours for two years. Done now. I did. Okay.
0: I worked, I worked for two years and then I admittedly was like, oh, I don't love all these spaces and a little vein. I don't love all these spaces in between my teeth, especially on the sides. I felt they were really, really visible. So I went into, um, uh, Invisalign,
1: okay.
0: which I then learned from presenting with some dentists in the airway space. They were like, yeah, don't do the last couple sets of trays because it actually retracts you. And I was like, you couldn't have told me that four weeks ago. Cause I just finished them. <laughs> and I was like, and I see what you're saying. So now it's like, I need to go back into another appliance. I don't
1: know. Oh so. yeah. Cause I heard you mention that on one of your previous podcasts and that's kind of like me, you know, I'm a dental hygienist and so teeth are everything. And so, um, you know, but you know what, I thought I would have more value in the aesthetics. I don't because yeah. I, my reward is I feel better. I'm sleeping better. My head's clearer. I'm not as foggy. And so like it's really what's more valuable to me. And to me, it's the health benefit as opposed to aesthetics. Now, don't get me wrong, honey. I love the way that it, my face is looking. I love, you know, I love all of that too. Got cheekbones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, I have some, I had some, uh, slides of the pre and, and my checkup and I'm in it for a year now. And so he basically, um, his name's Dr. Patais at Scottsdale Family Smiles. Um, but he said, I could probably wear it another six months to a year if I desire to do so, which I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to see how long I can go and how much um, growth I can get out of it. And growth, I mean, my airway, um, and then go from there. And, and, you know, I had my tie released in February. Yeah, February, end of February. So six months now. Um, and Just the amount of tongue space I have is crazy, like crazy, crazy swallowing. I know we work with people on swallowing and tongue thrusts, but I understand from a patient perspective of how the limitation in your oral space can definitely inhibit a functional swallow. And it's just so much easier now. So that's part of the pathway is we want to make things easy and attainable for our patients, clients, and make sure we were looking at those barriers of, of why these, why we're seeing the dysfunction in the first place. So this is a tool in our toolbox.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I honestly, I loved it. It was bulky and I noticed yeah. that like my tongue would sit in between it. Um, I did have my tongue tie released before the appliance, but not, it was sort of done like in chunks not as a cohesive plan i would do things differently now it was like i have enough space to get away with a tongue tie release but i also have low tone like lower tone and i my body just heals very quickly Um, Very differently. I don't really feel a ton of pain. I think a very high pain tolerance. So, like, no pain, just like a teeny bit of discomfort, a little hard to eat, like the night that I had my tongue released, but also it healed. It started to heal on itself to more of like a a triangle versus a diamond, like immediately. And I've now learned that I possibly have like EDS. I possibly have, you know, just my body heals differently. So, probably should have had it sutured. It's not perfect, but it semi fits. So, I think between You know, my body like locking up, my maxilla still turned in on one side. I definitely am not done in my journey, but I kind of was like pump the brakes on the dental stuff at the moment because I got benefit out of using the Bevo's DNA. I definitely could breathe easier at night. I think my sleep did improve to a certain extent. However, aside from the fact that I retracted myself a little bit with Invisalign afterwards um, unintentionally, I had a deviated septum. And when you looked at me, you couldn't necessarily tell really, really well because it was deviated in like the posterior third. So it was kind of hidden back here, but I really couldn't breathe very well at all throughout this, like the left side of my nose. And so I think that that plus enlarged turbinates, plus enlarged nasal swell bodies, like all of that was, I think, um, impacting me in a way that I wasn't feeling the full benefit from the appliance work and the, you know the growth that I had. I was feeling some, but I'm like, why does everyone else have such... they have much better, you know, relief. And I, I didn't have migraines. I didn't, I wasn't a very unhealthy individual to begin with, in my opinion, but it was more like my body's always inflamed. I'm always tired. Like it was like, you know, fatigue, you know, having a lot of fatigue and and inflammation more so than, you know, I've had patients who are really just, it's completely debilitating. Like they can't get out of bed in the morning and that wasn't me. So I was like, oh, maybe my symptoms were more mild. So my results are more mild. I don't know. Um, I do think that going back after my nose is healed, like I don't want to mess with anything because I also had a rhinoplasty. So I'm like, I'm giving it a full year and we're about five months into that. Um, I want to see what we can do now that my nasal airway is patent. And mm-hmm. like once all the inflammation is down, da- like fully down at the 12 month mark, I'd be curious to see, like, do we think another appliance, like even another their vivos DNA may be a good route for me, because I think now my facial anatomy would support the growth and would sustain it. And now, and, you know, I'd be curious to see if we could like unlock and kind of like shift my maxilla, um, because we did get some movement. It just wasn't holding. And so we couldn't really get it to go any further. Um, And that was the combination of using the appliance and having my, my PRI trained PT who did what he called um, modern counter strain technique. So, you know, it was, I definitely feel like I was doing all the things, but sometimes like we hit a wall and it's kind of like, okay, what, what now? And finally, what now is nasal surgery. (laughs) So here we are five months later. And I am very happy that I did it. Um, yeah. I definitely can breathe better. I did a sleep study like right before the like, home sleep test with Ken hooks, and I'm going to do another one. I want to do it once I know a majority of the swelling is down. Cause I don't, I don't know that it'll be super beneficial to do it yet. Um, yeah but he and I go over it on one of my podcast episodes. And one of the things that we noticed was as soon as my body went into that like deeper sleep or into REM sleep, it was like, nope, pop you right out. So I was never actually getting REM sleep during the majority of the night. And I'm like, well, no wonder I feel like I don't sleep and I'd rather stay up late and just get things done because I'm not getting restful, restorative sleep anyways, yeah. even if I do go late in bed and you know think I'm sleeping. So anywho-
1: Yeah. That's like where, where I'm at too. I had a sleep study before. And so um, that's pretty much standard. Right. And so I didn't really have anything that, you know, nobody in the space would look at and say, Oh, you know, you got this or you got that, but I had my AHI was three. um, But my RDI was a little concerning. And, you know, I just prior to my journey um, with my own Release, breath work, vivos. I was waking up multiple times a night. I was sweating through my sheets. And I thought that was just my old lady hormones. <laughs> but, you know, I was like in my late 30s. So, um, you know, those were those were something for me that was life-altering. I was getting migraines, cyclic migraines, every Wednesday. I remember calling a client, laying on the floor of my office. I cannot go the rest of my day, and that's that's debilitating, especially when you're a business owner and then you're a you know a healthcare practitioner. So, for me, I have maybe had four migraines since in a year where I was having having them weekly. Um, my neck is definitely in a better place, like you know, occupationally being in dental, you know, that long my neck was just jacked. And so now I, I have better extension, range of motion, and um, which even improved after my tie release, which was really interesting. Um, and just, you know, overall, I'm definitely feeling more rested when I wake up. I'm not like, oh, laying in bed. I, I don't get that like sluggish, that afternoon sluggish, I need a coffee anymore, which was pretty much, coffee after lunchtime, you know, for 15, 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. it's, Amazing. yeah, it's been, you know, for me, I didn't have um, the nasal issues, but I did have TNA surgery back in the day. Now with my partner, we're getting ready to put him through this journey and he's having his um, surgery next month, he's having a septoplasty and turbinate reduction. And, you know, there's been some health issues. He's got some cardiovascular issues, hypertension, AFib, And so the, I know talking, even talking to his ENT and his cardiologist, they say sleep is everything. And I yeah. told them, I'm like, I'm so happy you're saying that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to make that connection of how restorative sleep needs to be when you have these inflammatory concerns, we have to be looking at the quality, not the hours, the quality of these people's sleep. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So you talked a lot about like your symptom improvements. Do you Mm -hmm. see um and I know that this is primarily the appliance that you've used but you've seen some patients and others are there like pros or cons to the Vivo appliance that you notice I mean I know we kind of talked about a few being that obviously it's removable and so that can be a con sometimes it's a pro and a con in of itself but any other like pros or cons that you've noticed as a user?
1: Yeah um so as a user it's you know for one it's keeping up with the time that you're supposed to wear it of course and then it's hard to communicate <laughs> so um it's it's kind of you get frustrated when you're when you're trying to communicate and it's hard because there's this block between your palate and <laughs> your your yeah, appliance it's and your hard to speak very yeah. well and it's hard yeah. to close your lips. So yep. yep. So that's frustrating. So I usually have to take it out and I'm you know, like, didn't you understand me? Especially after wearing it for a year, honey. Um, so that's another con. And then Um, I guess the teeth, the aesthetic part about it is my teeth look different and they're shifted and there's spaces and I have, you know, a diastema now where I didn't before Um, and, you know, taking it out to eat and keeping it clean. So, I mean, I guess it's like on the low end of inconveniences for what it's worth. Um, But then, you know, in regards to being on the other side of that, being the therapist, I see that there is definitely a patient selection concern. And when I met with the Vivos reps, when they came out here a few years ago, they were really interested in talking to Audrey and I, Audrey works alongside of me and um, about myofunctional therapy. And I feel like there needs to be a little more um, connection to that, to these Vivos providers for sure, because I also am on a Vivo support group on Facebook and you know how you kind of like are a silent reader <laughs> yeah. and um, I don't, I hear lots of questions coming from these patients who don't have a lot of background on like where their tongue's supposed to be, how they're supposed to breathe. They have ties, but what are the steps on releasing if so? and things like that, so I feel like it's so valuable to be working prior to the appliance and kind of going through a screening process in regards to barriers, so like in your case, the nasal breathing and things like that, because, you know, it can be costly. And I think I mentioned that when, you know, I sent over my little bullet points, but access to care and cost is definitely another con. Um, I do have a client I'm working with who's a dentist who we've discussed, like she's able to get it covered through her medical because it does qualify as a sleep apnea treatment. And so, but it's not well known how to write that out and how to code it and how to bill it. So that's another thing I feel like, um, we can get really good at as another tool for these people that need it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, one you nailed it i have so many patients who come back to me and it's not just this appliance it's a lot of these growth appliances okay. and i think especially if you work with you know young children or people who have already paid for braces and expansion in the past it's just you're not expecting to do this all over again or to spend this much at such a young age you know for your child and i we get this all the time where it's like oh wow like i didn't realize it was going to be that much of a financial investment, like that's, that's a little bit prohibitory for many people, not a little bit, very prohibitory. And so, you know, I think it comes down to in such a finance, in such an insurance driven um, world, you know, like you said, figuring out, okay, how can we run this through insurance so that at least if not all, at least, a portion of it is paid for to make this more accessible Um, because I know that like the Devo, I think it's the Vivos um, mRNA has become more widely acceptable as like a sleep apnea covered type of appliance, but arguably the Vivos DNA should be too. Um, Mm. And I think that, you know, I guess the other flip side to that is people like me who don't present as having sleep apnea well, what about Nick? Like, I still had a sleep study. Ken reviewed it. We found that I never go into REM sleep. Like arguably from a health standpoint, I'm at the same risks as people who do fall on the sleep apnea scale per, you know, insurance, you know, how they're going to code something or whatever. Um And no, and lots of people haven't heard of UARS. People don't know what upper area resistance syndrome is. Right. And it's like, there is actually a code for it, but people haven't heard about it. And so I think just the advocacy, like surrounding getting these things covered. And then also, like you said, like helping patients to even be aware that like, Hey, this may be something that you can get covered. um, But you're going to have to put a lot of legwork into the process uh, because it's it's such a shame to me that that's what stands between like, you know, everything we've talked about, right? Like just putting a child on the path to better health and giving them the best lease on life, putting an adult on a better health path so that they are not on a dozen medications and, you know, struggling in their mid thirties or their fifties or their seventies or, you know, it's What can we be doing to ultimately lower healthcare costs? And I don't really want to go into that conversation, but it's, you know, I think that being proactive and using things like this, paying for things like this, getting things like this covered is really personally, I think it's the best answer, but I might be a little biased, but you know,
1: (laughs) yeah. Like you said, not specifically Vivos, but it's like, I, I have a hard time, you know, in this field like with the access to care. I, I, you know, I have to keep my doors open and things like that. And so we, it, it would be lovely if there was a way that we can get this, not only the appliance, but also therapy and education and, you know, things that we can do. Like, I remember you talking about on one of your previous podcasts about going into preschools and just bringing up that awareness and that knowledge so parents have more power to help their child with their health journey. And so, um, you know, it kind of got off on a tangent there, but with things that help us be better in, in general and health and wellness, um, you know, we have to look at it that way too. So, so we can deliver it to other populations as well, because that's, that's what we're here for
0: absolutely and in being a private pay practice you know owner it's at the end of the day like i have to pay my people who are providing this highly skilled service that they spend thousands and thousands of dollars per year to not just learn about this skill set and you know but hone their skill set and continue to keep up with the latest research and the latest you know patient care and discussions and you know collaborative attempt to deliver the best therapy you know to our patients which i'm sure you get and you know, it, it's it's nice because as an SLP, I can provide a super bill. It doesn't mean it's always going to be covered. We do try to help patients um, get it covered. And, you know, one of the things that I encourage patients to look at is like, what are your out-of-network benefits? Number one. Yeah. Number two, if someone doesn't have the skill set that's in network, then arguably insurance should have to cover it. So like, let's figure that out. Like talk to a rep at your insurance company. Um, and then lastly, you know, kind of figuring out well, what else is going to happen, right? Like, where can we start to reprioritize things if we don't address this now? Not to like, not in a fearful way, but like, if we're not addressing this now, we're going to wait a year or two. Like, at what, at what expense? Yeah. Based on the case that we're seeing in front of us right now and just having a good understanding so that an educated decision can be made by the parent and whatever they choose, the parent or patient, right? Whatever they choose, Great. That's that's their choice, but at least I know I've done my job in educating them and, you know, helping them kind of lay all all the pieces of the puzzle out and really get a good full picture on. Like, here's what we're recommending. This would be the best case scenario approach, but we're willing to work with you and figure out what what should be step one if we're only going to do like one piece of the puzzle at a time. Um, so, I know we get very crafty in our our approach yeah. to work with patients and. Um, It can be very hard to, I think, access, not just like you said, not just the appliances, but the cost of therapy. Um, So it's, it's definitely, I, I feel like we have more people who are getting trained, there are more options to receive therapy, you know, in the myofunctional space now. Um, which is great. And I'm like I just hope that it continues to expand and it becomes a more normalized type of conversation and therapy and process that people go through to it's like, oh, I got Mayo today. Like, no big thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I went to speech and she gave me candies. <laughs> right? Exactly.
0: I went to speech at school. I went to Mayo at school.
1: Right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. but that, that's a perfect world. But with you know getting back to the the vivo suppliance, like I said, it's a tool in our toolbox we know it can help with airway and sleep and just in general quality of life. And so it does cross the gap between adults and children. I have a handful of clients that are in a, that are, that are children that are in vivos, but they fit a specific scenario. So they're very compliant. The parents are super on board. um, But I have to say there's been Amongst everyone, there's been an instance where they've lost it, and, and like, you know, so that is a definite consideration. I actually threw mine in the dumpster on yeah. an accident, no. dumpster diving. So I just have to say that's a big con. <laughs> but I found it. Yeah. It's here. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's so. why we. Had- Putting like uh, the permanent retainers, that I was like an orthodontic relapse case. So when I yeah. was a teen, they put permanent retainers in my mouth because I never wore them and/or lost that. You know, it's like that's that's what happens with these removable removable appliances. Yeah. So it's it's a little tricky in that regard.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you have to you have to know that um, based on who you're seeing, that could be an option. But then on the other hand, if you know compliance behavior parent involvement, I know that I have resources to help them and referrals to do so. But I think across the board, we really need to be looking at these barriers, nasal patency, breathing reeducation. You know having some awareness of where the tongue needs to go and helping work through that process prior to any intervention with appliances i i see that across the board in, in our clients and also in my personal journey there, there is no way i would have been as comfortable as as i have been with this appliance if i didn't have a really strong awareness of nasal breathing and oral rest posture so i feel like that needs to go hand in hand before, like I look at it as just a band-aid if you're not really getting to the behavioral component. So I have to just throw that out there, and you know, providers that are offering Vivos, making sure that they're working with the oral facial myologist prior is is where I see that that's where there's more success.
0: I love that. And I, you know, we talk a lot about that as far as like tongue-tie release goes, goes yeah. with needing that pre-op and needing that post-op and seeing a big difference in, the, in patients who receive pre and post versus those who receive only one or neither. Um, so it's, it's a fascinating conversation to have too regarding appliances, right? And knowing like what we need to, I think that one of the things that um, I think about a lot too, and I think this comes from like my feeding background is a patient needs to understand like their oral orofacial complex. They need to be able to feel and know what we're talking about and understand, see the changes, right? And how do we see the changes in our mouth? Well, we feel them with our tongue, right? We feel them, the difference in the food that we can chew or move around in our mouth. And I've had anywhere from kids to adults say to me like, oh, wow, my tongue fits better or, oh my gosh, that was, that was a lot easier to chew like what happened like what changed i'm like well look at all the work we've been doing right or oh that didn't hurt when i swallowed it or you know i haven't been as gassy after eating well you're not swallowing air anymore you know it's like there's all these things that they start to pick up on they may not know why necessarily but when you do that pre-work and then you go through this process of whether it's a, a tongue tie release, it's Mayo, it's expansion or it's all of the above. You know, they start to appreciate and own the changes and the improvements. And then you get their natural buy-in because they're like, oh wow, like this is I'm sleeping better, I feel better, I can chew my food better, my speech is clearer, you know, all these just different things that sometimes that we work on directly and sometimes that happen as a byproduct of what we're doing. Um, it that's like so cool. That's like just super cool when they can start to like. You know, verbalize like what they're seeing, and I'm like, well, I'm so glad that you've noticed this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I have clients' moms reach out to me or you know text, and oh my gosh, my my nephew, my niece, this or that. And so to me, I'm like, oh, thank you. They're seeing it. They're looking at it differently. And so you know, whoever else is in their life, they're going to give pass on the information that we're giving them, and it's going to start trickling down like little wonderful airway raindrops. <laughs> and so that, you know, it's, it's really Im- imperative that across the board, while we're working with these, this population that we're looking at the whole person, the whole picture. And I know we say this over and over again, but we need to keep saying it until everybody's on the same page.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been amazing. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, your website, your IG. share it all. <laughs>
1: So, um, my my, myo my health is pretty much my handle on everything. I'm on IG, I'm on Facebook, I'm on I love TikTok, and I'm on TikTok is um lower I underscore my my myo. And so, yeah, you can find us there, ask me questions. I'm an open book, I love kind of helping people find their journey. And thank you so much for having me, Holly.
0: Of course. And I just have to say, I love your like your videos, your reels, your stuff, (laughs) just they're so good. Thank you. It's my
1: little creative out, output, I have to say.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks, Sally. Thanks for
0: listening to this podcast. If you want to hear more of these Mayo, Tots, Airway, and Feeding related episodes, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash the untethered podcast. If you found value, others you know in this space will too. So be sure to share this episode on your social media platforms and Join us over on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Hallibulkan Biz, on Instagram at, at Hallibulcan, and you can head over to theuntetheredpodcast.com to grab a copy of the show notes, um, where you can also subscribe to be kept up to date on the latest podcast episodes.